Hi friends, I'm so happy to be back with you today. Truthfully, I wanted to get this episode out a whole lot earlier, but our whole family got RSV and we all went down, like down for the count, for a long time. But we're back and we're healthy and I'm so happy to be here with you today. I know I enjoy homeschooling more than my kids sometimes. I hope I'm not the only one. I remember being in kindergarten, sobbing, begging my mom to homeschool me. She never did, and I survived. And my favorite part of school was the friends. But I've always loved to learn. Homeschool is so redeeming for me. It has redeemed everything I didn't love about my own education. And I've been reading this trilogy series with the kids called the Wilder King Trilogy. And we have finished for the first and second books. We're in the middle of the third. It's so fun. If you're looking for a new read aloud, it's written by Jonathan Rogers. I read this section at the end of the book, end of the second book to my kids the other day. And I just wanted to share it with you. The main character Aiden is a 15-year-old boy in the second book, and he has been chosen to be the Wilder King. But he's not king yet. He's just coming into his assignment and understanding what it means to be the next Wilder King. He has this conversation with the truth speaker named Bayard, who is a prophet in the story. And this section just hit me in the guts when I read it, and I wanted to share a little excerpt from the book with you. So here we go. I know my brother is a liar and a fraud, but some of the things he said sounded right and made me wonder if I have what it takes to be the Wilder King. Aiden paused, collecting his thoughts. He said that everything I ever had was given to me, that I didn't deserve any of it. I've been thinking about that, and I don't know. Maybe it's true. Bayard threw back his head and laughed. True? Of course it's true. Aiden was hoping for something a little more reassuring from the truth speaker. What do you have that wasn't given to you? The old man continued. That's grace, man. What you're given, not what you deserve. And that's as true for Maynard as it is for you, as it is for me. Grace is the very air we breathe. Aiden was still thinking about the things he said. Maynard said, I didn't deserve to be the Wilder King any more than he did. Maybe, I don't know. Bayard answered. Does a tall man deserve to be tall? Does Prince Stirin deserve to be the son of a king? A bird might think he deserves to swim as well as a fish, but if he sits moping on the riverbank instead of using the wings God gave him, the fox is going to eat him. Your brother would rather have his own way than be happy. He's thrown away the grace he was given because it's not the grace he had in mind. The truth speaker paused to reflect on that. There's not much hope for a person who won't live grace he's given. What grace have you been given, my friend? So often, my story doesn't unfold how I would like it to or how I would have planned, but the Lord has given me a grace to walk through this life with the specific assignment he has given me. I can choose to want someone else's assignment, to want the grace someone else has on their life, or I can humbly thank the Lord for the grace he's given me to walk out the assignment he's put on my life. I also think sometimes we rely on the grace we've been given in the past to get us where to where we want to go. That doesn't work either, friends. 
We want to get where we are going with the faith that got us to where we currently stand. But you've heard it before. What got you here won't get you there. So often I try to take my old wineskins and put new wine in them. The Lord wants to take you somewhere new in your journey with Him, and it will always require an upgrade in your faith. Matthew 9, 16-18 says, Besides, who would patch old clothing with new wine? For the new patch would shrink and rip away from the old cloth, leaving an even bigger tear than before. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. For the old skins would burst from the pressure, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine is stored in new wineskins so that both are preserved. We are called to move from faith to faith, from one faith to the next faith. The faith that got you through this trial will not get you through the next. It's meant to build your faith. So that when you face what's coming next, you're ready to stretch into that new wineskin. It's the stretching up to the next level of faith that doesn't always feel good. Monroe hates stretching in gymnastics because she says it hurts. She's right. (laughs) It doesn't always feel good. It's like standing on your tiptoes, reaching up to grab something just a little out of reach. You can't reach it on your own. You're almost there. You can see it, but you can't quite reach it. And the Lord walks over and hands you a step stool and says, Here, I've got something to get you there. I've got a gift for you up there. But you're going to have to step up on this stool so you can reach it. The stool will make it accessible for you. You'll reach it without any trouble. But you've got to take this stool I've got here for you, my friend, and step up. The Lord's got an upgraded place in the spirit. He wants to take you. He's got everything you need to get there. Just keep taking those steps, my friend. For those of you waiting on that dream in your heart that's unfulfilled, hear me when I say it's been a journey for me learning to trust Jesus in these hard places. But I pray that for every place I go with Jesus, I trust him that much more. I pray that for each obstacle I face, I'm just a little less afraid next time because of how he's provided for me in the past. There are dreams in my home of them I have waited on for so long. It's hard to hold on to hope that I'll see them this side of heaven. But I look back and remember how the Lord has always been working out the details for me when I can't see it. So I'm conditioning myself to believe that he is at work when I can't see. He is in the unseen places. I started listening to Joyce Meyer's Battlefield of the Mind. It's a classic, and I've picked it up many times over the years when my mind gets busy and chaotic. Moving will do that to you. When the worries in my mind start to color my current reality, I lean on these pillars in the faith to help anchor me in the word of God and in truth. I dream of owning a little homestead someday. I'm sure I'm not the only one. And for now, we're not there. That's okay. We're in the perfect place. We're exactly where we need to be right now. And in a lot of ways, we're starting over. 
we moved across the country and we are beginning again in some areas of our lives and it can feel daunting. Some days I feel like I'm at the starting line again after running a marathon. And when I get tired, I pray for endurance. I pray for strength. And when I get really weary, I remind myself of the woman in the Bible who bled for 12 years. I'd love to read you this story from Mark chapter 5, verses 25 through 34 in the NLT. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she got no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus. So she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Your suffering is over. Oh, how I love those words so much. Can you hear the heart of Jesus when he says, your suffering is over? How do we have hope that what has always been will one day change? How do we have faith to expect a different result? I can only imagine this woman going time and time again to doctors looking for healing, to the people who are supposed to help her, looking for answers, getting the same results. Her condition was not changed until she touched Jesus, but she had faith enough to believe that she, if she could just get near him and touch his garment, that would be enough. She knew he was her only answer. Oh, how I love her faith. I pray for her faith. I can't even begin to imagine the exhaustion, shame, isolation, and depression she must have felt. I'm sure there were days she didn't believe her life could have ever looked differently. This bleeding had gone on for so long, and yet her faith in Jesus healed her. If y'all aren't chosen fans, you should be. Season 3, episodes 4 and 5 tell the story of the woman who bled for 12 years. It's an amazing image of just how good our Jesus is. Watch those episodes for me this week. If you haven't seen them already, watch our Jesus heal. You will be changed. And if you haven't seen all of the chosen episodes, now is your reminder to go start at season one and watch it. You won't regret it. I just love the way the show brings the Bible to life in such a real, tangible way. Here's what I've learned. Brokenness teaches us humility. Through our brokenness, we learn that we are entitled to nothing. Everything is a gift. Every day is a gift. We get to choose how we spend it. The people we have in our lives are blessings from the Lord. See them that way. The Lord gives and he takes away. 
It's the reality of our world. We will experience brokenness of our lives. All of us will. We will know grief and pain and excruciating loss at some point, if not already. Earlier this year, on March 27th, Nashville experienced an evil and devastation no one could have imagined. The Covenant School shooting has left a wave of grief and loss over this city that I live in. There's so much my head and my heart can't reconcile about this tragedy. So much I will never understand this side of heaven. And in these moments, the only thing that would seem appropriate to do is to speak the name of Jesus. Jesus, 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 please be near. We need you, Jesus. There just aren't the right words for this type of grief and loss. Jesus will be near to us all if we cling to him. In our brokenness, we must go to him with our anger, our sadness, our pain. And the good news, he's not afraid of any of it. He can handle it all. And it's in that place that the Lord is so good to turn our brokenness into something new. If we give it all to him, he will be faithful to transform it. Maybe not in a day or a year or 10 years from now, but one day that deep loss and pain will be made into something completely new if we trust him to do it in his time. My sweet friend Amber wrote this poem for the mothers who lost their children and long for their heavenly home. And I just want to share it with you. It's called The Helper. When the pain of her loss cuts her heart so deep, would you remind her sweet Jesus that it also makes you weep? Lord, you are the helper. Would you gently embrace her and carry her to the feet of the Savior? Lord, wipe each tear so she can see your love so clear. Lord, you are the helper. When all she hears is noise, would you gently whisper into her ear, that you are near. Lord, you are the helper. When she's gasping for air, would you show her your goodness and deep care? Lord, you are the helper. When she sits in silence and cannot make sense of such violence, Lord, you are the helper. When she lets out a scream while praying it's only a dream, Lord, you are the helper. Would you work powerfully through her sorrows and give her hope-filled tomorrows? Lord, you are the helper. When she can't see a way through the pain, would you pour out your grace to sustain? Lord, you are the helper. When her questions of why only lead to more cries, Lord, you are the helper. When she doesn't have any words to say, would your Holy Spirit continue to pray? Lord, you are the helper. When she feels overcome by fear, Lord, help her know you are near. Lord, you are the helper. When she lies in her bed and dark thoughts fill her head, Lord, you are the helper. When she looks in an empty room, would you graciously remind her of the empty tomb? Lord, you are the helper. Give her eyes to see that you are still good and 
when bearing a child is not understood. Lord, you are the helper. So we cry out to the helper on her behalf. Lord God, be gracious, and would you please help her? Thank you for spending this time with me today, friends. I'm praying for you. And when I say that, I truly, truly am. If you have a need and you would like me to pray for you, would you please send me a message over at Elise at EliseMarsh.com? I will read it and pray over it, and I would be honored to partner with you and intercede on your behalf. Have a wonderful day, my friends, and I can't wait to be back with you again soon. Bye.